Hello and welcome to the Easy Allies podcast. I'll be your moderator, Brandon Jones. Joining me this week, panelist, Ian Hank. Hello. You're going to be representing two allies this week. Are you prepared? Yeah. I'll do my best. I usually talk my fair share. So personalities coming from <laughs> okay. the top left square. <laughs> and my forced dwelling co-moderator, Daniel Bloodworth. Hello. Ben Moore might Did be joining you know? us sometime throughout the podcast if his power comes back. Ben was scheduled to be on the podcast, but no, no power. Did you know that you can reorder us now on Zoom? With the, if you click on someone, you can drag them somewhere else. So you can set us to whatever order you want, baby. Oh, okay. Was that like just added like today? Or? It was added in a, like last week, earlier this mm. week. Yeah. We're getting, Zoom's out, man. We're all getting back together this year. We're getting We're the getting, band back together. Yeah. We don't need you, Zoom. Come a few months, too, hopefully. Too late with your fixes. <laughs> Distinguished guests, we are here to talk about some of the biggest headlines in the world of video games throughout this week. But before we do that, we must answer for all of the mistakes we made last week. Daniel Bloodworth, begin corrections music, please. Boop. No mistakes. What? Hold on. Hold it. Hold I it. I don't hold believe it. you. Uh, there was, we did, Ian, do you know who Asterix and Obelix are? I'm going to throw that out. Do you know that? That sounds familiar, actually. Once you say it, maybe I'll know, but... They are two Viking-looking dudes. One's really big, one's really small, big beard. Uh, and they are uh, an old classic comic strip. Um, huge in Europe. A lot of European fans of these Yalas podcasts were like, What? You haven't heard of Asterix and Obelix? Um, so a lot of people showing their support. Apparently there is a, and I've seen footage of this, an absolutely wild Game Boy Advance game that's like 3D. <laughs> That's like one of the rare. They like tried to make kind of a mode mm. seventy type of like oh, cool. animation. Yeah, it's 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 worth. I don't think I know. Worth who checking that out. Is, yeah, Asterix and Obelix Game Boy Advance. Do yourself a favor and go check out yeah. a couple clips. The, from the that. way the reactions are, it's like if you've never heard of the Ninja Turtles. Like it's that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. People Not were an American thing. Blown away. Yeah. But there's a fun, uh, yeah, fun side-scrolling beat 'em up that is coming uh, in that franchise. But um, whereas I could recognize, I don't know if I could name them. If you show me a picture, I'd be like, I, I don't remember. But uh, shout out to all of those fans. Of course, people had opinions about things that we said last week, but that's the only something that I would say was a correction or a clarification. And corrections music, please. <clears throat> Feels good. We'll try to do better this time. We'll try to get more wrong. Yeah. I'm counting on you. <laughs> you got to get you got to get things wrong for two whole people. I got to get wrong for two. I'm yeah. getting wrong for two now this mm-hmm. week. Yep. We'll get started in just a little bit. Before that, though, I want to start this podcast off on the right note. Something we can be happy about. Something we can cheer in video games. And there has been a legal win. This is something they're going to make TV shows out of this baby. They're going to make cop dramas out of this for Morgan Mohalla. A silver lining. A collaborative effort between Chinese police and gaming giant Tencent has led to the closure of what police say is the biggest ever video game cheat operation. The gang designed and sold cheats to popular video... I love the gang. Thank you, Morgan. (laughs) Speaking of Ninja Turtles, it sounds like the Ninja Turtles could have crashed through. Batman's going to rough them up. The gang designed and sold cheats to popular video games, including Overwatch and Call of Duty Mobile. Roughly $76 million in revenue was made by the organization, which charged a subscription fee to clients. Police seized assets worth $46 million, including several luxury cars. That's why this headline really grabs you. Is wow. They got the, the fleet, just the row. <laughs> uh, I don't know if people were driving them to the work that fleet. day or if they just they, fleet. They have them at the, the office. <laughs> Uh, the really good operation name. I'm curious, Ian, if you were going to uh, have a heist, what would you call it? What would you, or, or a sting operation. Ooh. What would be the code Ooh. name? 
for your sting operation. Well, it's tough because you want your 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 team name, your sting name has to be a pun on what you're doing. So it, it's situational. You can't just you can't just name a sting. You got to have it. Yeah, I don't know if this one I mean? applies to that <laughs> rationale. But I mean, it's it's always got to be something like Operation Screaming Panda okay. or something. Okay. Okay. Operation Jungle Falcon. There you go. Yeah. Operation Chicken Drumstick was what was Oh, that's a good one. That is good. A very tasty sting operation. And they had a website selling to hundreds of countries and regions, local media reported. Subscription prices for users began around $10 a day, up to 200 a month. Uh, I don't know if this is something, if you are a Overwatch or Call of Duty mobile player, that you will, like, see a difference. Wait, $10 a day? Yeah, for for them cheats. That would be more than 200 a month, wouldn't it? Um, Maybe, like... 300 a month yeah you, you hey to get that you're selling it you're selling me on it already Ian. I'm, so it I'm, ranges from ten dollars a day gonna, down to 200 yeah, a month i'm officially upgrading to 200 a month you're right that's a better value yeah it's a better value take that call of duty mobile players um yeah <laughs> uh online cheating stuff like that definitely something that i do not experience but it's not, a, a win for the good guys a silver lining that's i love good. i love saying hacks like just accusing people of hacks <laughs> but really calmly just going like oh hacks like, you know. These are good hacks, though. These are hacks to make the world better. What? What? Didn't the police crack down but on the company selling the illegal hacks? They had oh, to they hack the planet. The, Got they, it. Yeah, hack the planet. Last week, we talked about something that I want to touch on at the beginning of this podcast because it actually happened. Uh, last week, we talked about the possibility of Sony shutting down the marketplaces, not right away, but later this year, for the PlayStation 3, the PlayStation Portable, and the Vita. Brutal that they can't just do PSP. They're axing Vita and PSP at the same time. It's extremely brutal, which we'll, I'm sure we'll get to, but yeah. And it's one thing, yeah, it's, I think that's got to be a first that I've heard of, that like two gens of a product are just whoosh, out. Um, they're doing it. They're actually, uh, they announced it Um apparently several Vita developers were not warned about the store closure. Uh, so they were working on games that they're either yeah. going to release potentially in an unfinished state or going to crunch the hell out of their lives to try to finish, or they just gave up and said, okay, well, I guess yeah, that's a game yeah. you're never going to have on the Vita. Um, and <laughs> this was a very, like, doctor's visit type of blog post. Like, there was, there was no emotion whatsoever in what they... There was like, oh, uh, just FYI, it's good for you to know that... It wasn't um, even a blog post, really. It was it was just part of their, like, you know, FAQ that's on there. They kind of, like, have this list of these announcements that they send out. Like, these PSAs they email to people, yeah. Sony kind of likes to sneak in the bad news, you know, like they try to hide it sometimes. Like when they said that you'd have to pay for multiplayer back in the day, they sort of just like slid it in amongst other stuff. I feel like this is kind of like that. They call Variety and they were like, do you, Variety, do you want to do you want to let people know that we're shutting these stores down? Variety's like, no, you no, it wasn't Variety. It was who did they Wired. get Wired? Yeah, they called Wired. Yeah. No, that's okay. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> Got it. Not yeah. the actual story, Variety. just what they did before. Got it. Um. Putting the joke together. Have your emo yeah. <laughs> in real time. Blood, has your <laughs> has your opinions about this changed? Has this you, you you sound like you got more to say. I just um, wanted to touch on it because it's actually happening and right. you know, some people weren't sure. So the one thing that I mentioned last week is true that this is the store shutting down and not the they're not removing the ability to download these games. You'll be able to download the games that you've already purchased indefinitely. Uh, but it's still it's you know, it's kind of similar to, you know, with them taking the Mario games off of the Switch. It, it, it puts you in this position of 
oh, well, now I need to look through and see if I want to buy any of those games right now, otherwise I'll never have them. So it's, it's yeah, it's kind of this, it's kind of this mix of things. He's like, you don't have to panic about, like, getting everything backed up and figuring out how you're going to download it all because you're still going to be able to download it whenever you want if you already own it. But you do have sort of that other level, that other layer of, well, is there any of these things that I want to buy that I am not going to be able to easily buy afterwards? You know, are any of these digital PlayStation 1 games selling for like $70 in physical copies? And so I'll spend the $6 right now or, or, or something along those lines. Is this a good yeah. time for content creators to make top 20 games you should already own on your PlayStation 3 videos? Yeah, and articles? absolutely. absolutely. Okay. <laughs> yeah, they should. Um, do, do, sorry, did they say when they're shutting it down? Yeah, the date should be in there. Um, oh, okay. This summer, I believe it's yeah June or July. I had them last week. I believe it's uh, June or July for the um, uh, one. And, well, yeah, one is in August. They're two separate days. Okay. Because in blood, I don't know if you or somebody in Slack said this. Like, I wonder. I do wonder if they're going to. If this means that they're going to roll PS3 games, PS1 classics, whatever, onto the PS5, like the current PSN. Like, if they're going to try to just make it all one big thing. Right. The thing that makes me not think that is if they are going to do it then you would give the good news at the same time right <laughs> like you call. wouldn't just say hey good this call. is going away yeah or barely um, say it you know like you were saying and just kind of brush it under the rug and that you know yeah. people are going to get upset about it but you know there's yeah you know nothing really they can do sometimes and... i wonder man if these big companies do know that people are going to get upset about stuff like sometimes they just do stuff and then are like act surprised when they're like what you're you're mad about this like like, why would you not know that people would be mad about this? Like, of course. Well, we were pondering, like, how to retaliate against this, how to make this, like, seem like a bad idea or seem like something that they would regret doing. And, like, as consumers, we don't really have a, a ton of options here. You know, yeah. uh, it, you know, to the contrary, I think, you know, uh, sales are probably going to go, you know, maybe not right. through the roof, but, like, obviously people are going to be buying a lot, you know. The people that care about it will be. Q2 yeah. of well, 2021. To me, it seems like a pretty easy value proposition of, like, how much does this cost to maintain? How much are people buying things off of it? And as soon as that, this number, the latter number, gets even close to that first number, you just shut it down. Like, I think. I don't know. Like, Yeah, no, we didn't know what that number is. And, and interesting to me, yeah. and this, you know, it's like, now they're going to be spending money on servers that people can download this stuff without getting anything for it. It's really like people actually buying this that was bringing in yeah, revenue on these stores. Yeah. So it, it, it oddly is kind of like a nice, you know, gift. Yeah, I forgot know, about that, that you could still download stuff. For still stuff being able own. to download stuff. Yeah. But, uh, uh, do you have got the dates, Blood? Yeah, I've got the dates. Uh, so PlayStation 3. What's weird is the way they... The, I'll just read the sentence because it's oddly broken up. So we are closing PlayStation Store on PlayStation 3 consoles on 2nd July 2021 and on PlayStation Vita devices on 27th August 2021. So they're about okay. a month and a half apart, uh, almost two months apart. And additionally, the remaining purchase functionality of uh, PSP will also retire on 2nd July 2021. So PS3 and PSP uh, July and then Vita uh, in August. Huh. So I guess maybe one, they've already shut down some of the PSP stuff, and that's why they worded Remaining, it differently. Yeah. yeah. One would think that'd be lumped in with the Vita, not the PS3, but I guess they all kind, all three kind of used the same architecture, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm sure that's part of it too. Like, there's maybe there's some payment processing angle of 
yeah, you know, yeah. all that stuff is managed and that kind of thing might be updated um, with the with the Wii the way they had broken it up was kind of interesting because they had here's when you can stop adding points to your account and then a year later here's when you can you know oh, here. No, you'll no longer be able to spell the spend those points and then uh-huh. now like you can download those to who knows when they haven't said when you when they'll actually shut the servers off to download it is interesting because like this is further further uh, ammunition in the in the in the quiver of people who like still are in the physical media camps you know where it's because like i've gone fully digital like nothing i have has a disc drive anymore like i realized the other day i can't play blu-rays anymore because my ps4 is broken so like i'm just at the whims of (laughs) sony or whoever like deciding not to sell stuff anymore you know i guess my switch can still get carts but like yeah and in the comments from last week's episode a lot of people are you know reminding us of uh, dlc is really like the crucial thing a lot of people are like hey it doesn't matter how crazy physical i am i put in some of these discs if i don't have access to all of the added content right um uh, we actually had somebody uh, maybe we'll get to later in love respect to just the profile you know they're just like like i got the game i just you know wanted to create a new profile and it tried to log on to servers that weren't even there so couldn't uh couldn't play the game uh and it's a yeah of the big three only one of them is really surviving this week in terms of making their audiences happy uh with like backwards compatibility and being able to access old games infamously which doesn't really deserve much more attention than just being kind of lumped into this story but uh mario's dead uh you can't play mario uh super mario 3d all-star cnn's writing articles being like is nintendo gonna kill mario (laughs) Um, uh, i love it when the non- Non-gaming press or whatever picks I, uh, up the I, wrong. I, I bought Mario 3D All Stars on the last day. Nice rebel. Oh, really? yeah. <laughs> I didn't buy it Actually, at all. They got you. Oh, yeah. Jones, that's the only way to win. Yep. But the this you know, Atlanta, I need to justify why I wanted to buy it or not. But it, it's the uh, the idea really that was that if it had been available indefinitely, like I do believe that I would have eventually bought it at some point when I was yeah. ready to mm. play one of those games. And I had a blast. Like, I, I was, you know, getting into Mario 64, playing quite a bit of that. And then I popped in the other two, just the beginnings of them, just to see what they look like. And, yeah, I, I, I enjoyed them. It's funny because uh, I think they did something weird with Sunshine to compensate for their not having the analog triggers. So I think it's like, rather than, like, pushing the button in all the ways, like, you push the trigger for for one spray and the the shoulder button for the other spray something like that to hold yourself in place but it's fine Uh, and according to our recent tier maker conversation with michael damiani the super mario 64 was intended for the analog stick on the nintendo 64 controller and scoffed at any analog sticks attempt to recreate that that uh mario movement so Part of the reason why I never bought in, you know, it's OG or bust. <laughs> um, but then, of course, the backwards compatibility hero of this generation and possibly last generation, Xbox, who we were already applauding last week, this week added a bunch of stuff to the uh, Xbox Cloud Gaming beta, which is a bummer if you're on iOS, which is still not available. But uh, um, Android users are stoked because there's a bunch of Xbox and Xbox 360 games that are now huh. on xCloud. So. Well, and N64 games, if you really, you know look at it perfect dark and banjo kazooie sure. banjo tooie yeah are now available to play on a android if you want but it's just it was surprising to me that they're literally these are the three main 
console competitors in this industry and like two of them just said screw you to their consumers in one week and xbox like how's it for games yeah and um, that's the that's the funny thing because i don't care about cloud gaming really at all you know there's very limited situations that i i imagine i'm going to take advantage of that but it just shows the the trajectory you know, that xbox yeah. is on right now it, it, the, it the fact that you know, games from across the entire history of Xbox are playable uh, on an Xbox Series X is is pretty admirable, and it's it's taken a lot of work for them to be able to do that and for them to test all of those games before the Series X launched. And it's it's not perfect. There's still a lot of games missing. There's still a lot of rights that will probably never be cleared up, like the GoldenEye game that <laughs> of course that you you got to check out. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's good to know that they have people that are working on this and expanding this, and that, that at least right now they're giving lip service to it. So it well, would be very difficult for them to change that direction. Yeah, and and I I do look upon it as as a good move for the future. Like I think that now is almost the right time where people are ready for this kind of thing. Like Stadia was too early. Like all these other ones the ps now and whatever those other ones were called were too early by far and like this is too early still but it's shored up by all the other stuff they have going on like game pass and whatever and like it's funny because you say now that you don't care about cloud gaming but you know once internet is a ubiquitous human right or whatever and it comes out of space and like you know it's (laughs) just like included in your taxes or whatever like um that's how games will work, you know, like 50, 60, 100 years from now. Like, that's just how it's going to be. And so it'll, it'll be interesting. I think it, it, they're making a smart move to get in early, but who knows who will be the big players on it. Yeah, not testing this now, Bloodworth, and like, you know, bowing to the, the monetary whims of Nintendo with their arbitrary deadlines. You're on, you're on the wrong side of history, man. <laughs> get with the program. Yeah. Try well, they're trying to be like Disney or something, like false scarcity on a digital product. Yes. They're putting it back in the vault, but except the the mistake they're making is, or maybe the the power play that they're making is they're not telling us when they're gonna right. bring it back out because I imagine they will, but who knows? Poor Pixar animators are like, you know, people shouldn't pay for our <laughs> movies. <laughs> you know, it's like very strange what what comes and goes on uh, Disney Plus. Oh, yeah, there, Soul be, was free. Wasn't yeah. it? But Looks yeah, like, I mean, hey, I, the, when they were doing Blu-rays, you I know, watched like, it. Uh, the Raya, the Last Dragon, or whatever. It's like I'm not. I'm not paying forty pay for, that. for that shit. Thirty, whatever it is. Yeah, thirty. <clears throat> Ian, what's Soul Cresta? I don't know. <laughs> I said it's like a shmup. Tis a shmup. It's a shmup by Platinum. Two things I am frequently not <laughs> super interested in. But you've heard of Platinum. <laughs> you hadn't heard of Soul Cresta, well, of or. Course. Uh, where are they? Terra Cresta or Moon Cresta? Oh. Now, Moon Cresta, I was super into. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, no, but I mean, yeah, I mean, of course I know Platinum. Like, I, I beat Automata and everything, so. Um, is that your, you, you wear that, your Platinum badge of honor? You're like, you're at the, you're at the Platinum social party with your cocktail? Not that I, not like, that I would well, call I've, it that, but. I got end credits. <laughs> what oh, end I, credits? I, I the beat. end credits, you know. The, the actual the end credits. The ninth end. end credits, I got right. it. Yeah. You do your e special near automata was. handshake. Yeah, I did the thing with the saves, whatever. <laughs> uh, Soul Cresta is your <laughs> your this Easy Alice podcast brought to you by this week's game announcement, Soul Cresta. 
Uh, it's a vertical <laughs> scrolling shoot 'em up, a sequel to the 1985 arcade games Terra Cresta. Oh. Um, if you're curious about the franchise, Moon Cresta and Terra Cresta are available as arcade archives on the PlayStation 4. Um, for now. <laughs> there's for no now. Re- for now. <laughs> <laughs> I think that'll be around hopefully for a little bit longer. Uh, no release date, uh, but they have fun teasing at the end of the trailer. Uh, they literally are like counting down. It's like, oh, is it seven, six, five? And then it doesn't actually land on anything. Um, mm. Uh, what's what's interesting about this, I mean, I was tempted to talk about it um, just because it is a fun game announcement, but uh, this is number four of the Platinum Four. Ian, do you know what the Platinum oh, Four are? Oh, shit. Yes. They announced a while back that they were they, they had a thing called the Platinum Four. Right. They are going to make four announcements. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this and I guess website this is the fourth with all these little, little sparkles. They had that yeah. sparkly website. I don't, if you ask me what one, two, and three were, I would not be able to remember uh, the that. First Bloodworth, one what are one, one, two, and three? No. Oh, yeah, I do remember no. one one. It wasn't? No. <laughs> it wasn't? <laughs> that was number two. Oh. Okay, but it was one of them. The Wonderful 101 Remastered, the Kickstarter topped, yeah, two mil. A lot of people, a lot of people yeah, showed yeah, up yeah. for that. I, I do recall that. What also, was sorry one? I said that Nier Automata was dumb. I was just kidding. Did don't, you say it was dumb? Mad at me. I was just joking, though. I just what what forgot that people one, get really serious. Near Automata isn't dumb. Being proud of beating it is dumb, is what we're, sure, what yeah. we're saying. Yeah. <laughs> no, be proud of whatever you want. What was the first one? And the third one? Well, the thing that's... I just want to talk about the Platinum 4 in general, because it's like, I'm not... They weren't all games. Right? No, that, and that's the thing, is when a developer that's comes right. along and says they're making four announcements, and they're not four games... Is that so bad? One of them was about is that our studio, fault? Right? It was a studio change. Number the yeah, third like announcement a, was the a new uh, Tokyo uh, Studio for Platinum Games. Their uh, flagship studio is in Osaka, and so I do that. and they're making live ops games. Um, some of us, some of the kids on the street like to call them live service games, but Platinum's oh. calling them live ops. Sure. Sounds like live a Call of Duty ops. mode. Live ops. Live ops. Uh, for consoles, and nothing, nothing yet has come out of Tokyo, uh, the the Tokyo Platinum Game Studio. What was that first one though? It's a new game. Damn it, damn it, Jones. What was that first one? Directed mm. by Hideki Kamiya. The conclusion God. of his superhero trilogy. Oh, No More Heroes 3? Beginning, no, beginning with nope. Beautiful Joe. And then oh, that's Grasshopper. Wonderful 101. And then now, it doesn't have an official name yet. This is embarrassing, dude. Project GG. Wow. I have no memory of that. <laughs> it's a no good time to talk that. about it because it's uh, big monsters, man. Big monsters tearing up towns. It's it's a good week to have that, that with the Kong and the Godzilla fighting. Um, and, yeah, there's big there's, – there's, a, there's a, a dog that gets, like, trapped underneath a big boulder or, like, a piece of building. And then some hero comes along, turns into a giant robot, and then goes after the – the monster and you're like can you just free the dog just for a second before you go fight that thing can you just move this block so the leash can be freed and the dog can run away um but yeah the big clash between a big robot dude that's hiding in smoke and a, a big lizard e assuming monster project gg still don't have an official title for it so there we go so we're kicking it off there's your expectations four announcements the first one holy cow DGD? You know, kaiju game from hideki kamiya you know the, the, the pseudo sequel to beautiful joe and wonderful 101 then the next one is not only a remaster, but a Kickstarter. So, like, we're not even sure if we're doing this yet. And then it was very successful. Third yeah. one's a new studio, which is sure also very exciting. That. They, they were sure they right. were doing like, it. That game released, like, two months later. Also, I can't believe that I just did my, my boy Suda dirty like that. 
of course, hero, no more heroes. It wasn't yeah. you. It was see. That's the thing. When you have another panelist, you got in my head. I can dude. just reserve. Yeah, that was bad. I can copy paste you into another window, and then have that all the things <laughs> that you regret. I can just have you say it in that window. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It'll be our window of regret. Go ahead and just keep me in the regret window, <laughs> sure. Joe. Everything I say. On the opposite, bad. you let me know when you say something good, and I'll put you back up top. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, that'll be simpler. That'll be fewer times. So this is the. The fourth, number four, so we got a uh, the end of a trilogy, a remaster, a new studio, and then now a shmup, which is, you know, super cool for shmup fans. Definitely an old school vibe to this game. Lots of fun old school sound effects and doesn't necessarily look like a 1985 arcade game, but it definitely has that flair. And apparently there's going to be a fifth quote unquote bonus announcement sometime this year. Bonus. Which I don't know. Do you? So where do you draw the line? Yeah, like every like, announcement what? this company makes forever is like, there's right. a secret bonus <laughs> like when, 19th <laughs> announcement. <they're> never, <laughs> after that, we're done with announcements. No more. We're yeah, not I never really agree. It definitely feels like a, that's a long wait for that last little sparkle. Right. After that, they're called communication ops. Right. Like we just had EZX last week. And I kept saying that, you know, we're going to have a couple things announced that I called a Bloodworth 2. And it just didn't really generate a lot of excitement yeah. in our community. Well, how do you feel? I mean, just the Platinum 4. What was, how do we feel at the end of the day? Seems like it it peaked at 2 and then kind of right. went. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, I, I almost feel like it peaked at, like, when they, when they first announced that they are going to do 4 announcements. Yeah. That's when the most sure. excitement was there. And, and, yeah, I had totally forgotten that they still had one left. <laughs> they never, they never got around to until now. Also, potentially a bummer, uh, again, these are not games that are, like, at the, you know, apex of my radar, but here we have four crazy announcements and crazy pieces of news to share with you while development continues on Bayonetta 3 and Babylon's Fall. Yeah, right. Neither one yeah, of those games have anything to do with any the of these announcements. announcements that people really want. Man, are we busy doing all of these things except the two games that we have shown you already that you are excited about. It's a real George R. R. Martin kind of situation. Sure. Where it's yeah. like, just just do the thing we want you to do. Quit doing all this other crap. Can you imagine how livid Game of Thrones fans would be if George R. R. Martin made a shmup? Contributed lore. That to is a Elden shmup. Ring, actually. I mean, that is what Elden. Yeah, Elden Ring shmup has shmup. Uh, it has shmup elements. Yeah. Um, but. Uh, it should be fun. And again, you know, no no release date, but it was certified in um, uh, at least one country. So people are saying that'll probably happen this month. It's the beginning of the oh, month. Sure. So it'll probably happen sometime in April. You'll be getting hands on. Soul I mean, Presta. if they're ready to announce it or pre announce it like a year ago, then yeah. Right. And it's just worth noting that um, it is April Fool's Day now. It might be the second or the fourth, or it might be next week if you're listening to this podcast. But we are recording this at April Fool's Day, and so it's a, a minefield of nonsense that I'm, you know, going through. Um, mm -hmm. And I feel bad because I think just in general, it's kind of a news week that it's not a lot of hot, spicy news this week. And I no, think no, there, uh, there is a reason. No color changing hair dye from us. No. No Zoom. That way forward game looked funny, <laughs> if real. Zoom Battle Royale was IGN's game. contribution. Thanks for that. That is the last you'll be hearing of official things. For, so, yeah, hopefully, so, yeah, people had to preface. Soul Crest is not an April Fool's joke. That actually is I happening. don't know why people announce things on April Fool's. Yeah, it's a bad real. idea. Just wait till the second. I have never We're worked for a company and have ever been involved in an April Fool's mm -hmm. joke ever. 
Just never. Yeah, you, I remember you've always kind of hated April Fool's. I've never participated. You? Well, the one thing I always want to do at game trailers is uh, just have it turn into like 1988 or something on game trailers. You just boot remember, it up one yeah, day, and it's just all NES reviews and you know, news, news of the day. Intros like that sometimes. But um, a lot of work, little payoff. Yeah. Very expensive. A lot of, lot of yeah. work. That's an expensive chuckle right there. Yeah. <laughs> if you take the yeah, time. Yeah, because it's not even like. Yeah. Whoa! It's just like oh, cool. Okay. Where's the thing I wanted? So, <laughs> shout out to everybody going out there doing the tough work for collecting all of those things. I will not be doing on this pod on this podcast, I but I will be talking about silly things. As such, our next story. I mentioned this in headlines, and Bloodworth asked me, "What is the Ever Given?" That sounds like a From Software game. That sounds like a George R. R. Martin side story about like something that happened 300 years before Game Does of Thrones. Ian the know? Ever Given. Does Ian? Do you know what the Ever Given is? Don't look it up. No. What's the matter with you? I was looking in Slack. I was the ever because I like the my ever brain given. deleted this one when I was reading the rundown. The ever given crisis. A lot of listeners. Games. Yeah, a lot of listeners probably know what the ever given is, but I got it. I just got to get a guess from either from both Ian You're and Bloodworth. You're putting us on the spot. Is, this whole episode. Well, that's the we funny thing. The He's hell? even like, "Don't prepare. Don't look it up." No. Like, no. Yeah. I, what, I, I'm just supposed to be ashamed for not knowing what. No, you want to make us look like fools. I <laughs> knew about. I think you know about this. I knew about First it. I didn't know that name. <laughs> then I missed. I screwed up on Suda. Uh, what's your guess, Ian? What's what's the Ever Given? Just out of curiosity. All right, since since you wrote the Ever Given Crisis and Games, right. my guess is it's a long running manga that also had a Japanese MMO uh, that had an anime spin off um, that also has a convention around it <laughs> that I've never heard of. Okay. Um, and now they've announced a first person shooter. Uh, I loved every minute of it. None of it's none of it's true, but I loved it. Darn. <laughs> is it Marvel? Is that Marvel? It's close to that. That's a good. It, generally, if I'm talking about anything associated with news, it's a safe bet. Although everything Marvel is Falcon Winter Soldier right now. The Ever Given is a boat. It's a. <laughs> it's a big boat. Okay. It does sound like a boat it's or a boat. horse name. It's a big yeah. boat. Okay. Uh, last week. This big boat ever was cruising down the Suez Canal. Okay, that's the that's the name oh, of the boat. Oh, that's Got the it. name okay. of the Suez Canal boat. And for reasons, I even saw a picture that said "Ever Given" and I forgot. Yes. For I thought it said "Evergreen." I just my brain that, just put oh, the wrong. No one there. has figured out. They have not released why yet. This boat just 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 parked itself right into the size of a very narrow section of the Suez Canal and stuck its butt in the other corner, and nobody could get through the Suez Canal. Why am I bringing this up? Because absolutely every single industry in the world was affected by this. A lot of people had to sail now down by the the southern cape of uh, Africa to try to get around. It was very funny to watch, like, you know, maps of just these little triangles, like, out of the way. Um, Apparently, this cost roughly $10 billion a day. (laughs) And a lot of things could not get through this canal. A lot of stuff couldn't get shipped. Um, I would love to think that there is a giant shipping container full of video games. It's literally full of, you know, bringing PSPs and Vitas to the masses, and they just can't get them out. Um, but there is a lot of tech uh, that is not being delivered. Specifically, the analog pocket uh, has been delayed for a lot of different reasons, but oh. they did specifically mention it uh, was first going to come out in 2020. Now it's coming out in May. Oh, then it was coming out in May, and now it is coming out in October. And they've listed uh, a lot of things, a shortage in electrical components like semiconductor chips, uh, chips, but specific chips, ships, 
But specifically, they were like, and this isn't helping matters either. And so I bring it up because I'm curious if this is, it's like the new cyberpunk had a bad launch where just all these companies are like, oh, cool, get out of jail free card. We can just say like, oh yeah, we had, you know, Fred was coming to work on that shipping container boat and he was, he was a week late. It is now fixed. Um, they are now moving forward. Um, but uh, because you heard of the event, you were familiar with it. Like, I, 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 oh, yeah. I've heard I mean, stories the, the around. I saw so many memes. Caustic, yeah. Well, I don't that's, know why people thought it was funny, but. Um, well. The Boromir one was good. Right. Yeah, there's like, there was like the, you know, this excavator trying to like pull, you know, sand yeah, away yeah. as a meme in the making. Um, but is, has anything ever happened in games that directed you towards something that you probably would be more well-versed in if you had watched the 11 o'clock news or gone to major news websites instead of just playing video games before. It's kind of what happened to me today. I was like, oh, Analog Pocket got delayed, bummer. Oh, because of the Ever... What's the Ever Given? Oh! (laughs) (laughs) The headlines were like, unless you've been living under a rock. And I was like, I have. I've been playing. Yep, welcome aboard. I've been playing lots of Monster Hunter Rise and doing a fundraising event. We had a week-long event. We did? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just never... I never latched on to the name of the ship. That's all it was. I definitely was aware that it was happening. Uh, it was shoved uh, in my face many times, but just didn't news the things the have boat. have delayed uh, synths. I've been aware oh. of that in the past, like tariffs making it harder to get synths in America, stuff like that. I'm trying to think of gaming related or like world stuff messing up games, though, or just awareness. Oh. Just games kind of like pulling, you know, redirecting you out of this wonderful hobby that we have. And then all of a sudden you just oh. kind of come out bleary eyed into the, the real world. What's happening. It's like, <laughs> I, I try love, to stay you know, as unaware of the real world as, as possible. Jonesy. <laughs> it's just, it kind of reminds me of like award ceremonies when they're just like, and the nominees are, and I'm like, what TV shows this? What? Who is it? What? <laughs> like when the Tony's happens, like what's our Broadway. Um, uh-huh. So yeah, I um, did not know a heck of a lot about this, but when you have world events like this, when you have things that concern geography, that's when Microsoft Flight Simulator comes to the rescue. Oh, my. Third-party mods that you can get it. now for Microsoft Flight Simulator have recreated uh, both the boat in its very precarious position. So you can just fly away overhead and just see the crazy impact that this had. Um, and uh, the traffic jam. Uh, they have simulated that. Obviously, this oh, stuff is not yeah. happening in real time because a lot of this stuff was captured you know, a long time ago for Flight Simulator. But uh, just love those third-party mods sweeping in. Um, that's so funny and crazy that they still don't know they're still they're doing investigations on on what happened and a lot of there's a lot of cooks in the kitchen a lot of people own this obviously the event itself has nothing to do with games but directly I saw a little tidbit flyby which I didn't read enough to give an informed opinion on but that the uh, the full moon helped get it out oh Oh, because it would raise the tides and everything yeah yeah and made it that is something I was wondering about is like when I saw that, I was like, "Man, who's getting fired for this?" Like, they don't know. What a what a costly mistake if it was somebody's fault. They, also, yeah. I, I read like a whole bunch of shipping containers were falling off ships because of like high winds and storms bef- the week before that yeah. too. It's been a bad couple of weeks for shipping containers. Mm-hmm. It's like a Fast and the Furious movie up in here, you know. That's when they they, yeah. they schedule the boat to crash so then they can jump the car. Oh yeah. Over the yeah, shipping containers. Exactly. Yeah, the, the shipping other side container the fell Canal. off the back of a truck. Ten bill. And now, a word from our sponsors. 
This show is brought to you by our new sponsor, BetterHelp Online Therapy. A good week. A good week for me personally to drop this. Feels good. A lot of us take care of our bodies, but in 2020 and 2021, times have been rough. So we might also want to take care of our minds. There's a misunderstanding of what therapy is. It can be whatever you want it to be. It doesn't have to be sitting around talking about your feelings. A lot of people battle with their temper or their stress is about to kill them, or they have depression, anxiety, PTSD, the list goes on. If this is you, you can use therapy to get some tools that make life easier. When everyone is struggling with something, there's no more shame. You don't have to tell everyone your personal business, but you can talk to a therapist about it privately. I don't need either of you to talk about any therapy experience that you have. I am happy to talk about the benefits of therapy. Uh, I, have, I have talked to different therapists throughout my life uh, about various things, and I came to a epiphany. I actually was not on the Easy Allies podcast back when Kyle was moderator when we talked about something involving therapy, and I was like, <laughs> therapy is really simple. There's just... There's no one person in your life, I mean, your experiences may vary, where you can tell everything to. Because you're always going to get to some topic, you're like, wow, I can't talk about that one person because that's the person I would not want to talk to about that one thing. That's what's nice about a therapist, because everything is can be on or off the table. You can talk about anything that you want to. And it's funny, it's kind of like putting on a jacket or going to the bathroom or getting in the shower. There's just weird thing times where you'll be like, I really need an answer to this. I really need to figure out this problem. And you'll find yourself doing a completely mundane activity when all of a sudden, oh, there it is. And sometimes when you're just telling someone a story, when you're just talking through something, halfway through that story, all of a sudden, oh, now that it's, now that I hear myself talking about it, now that I can see somebody's facial reactions when I'm explaining these things. Um, and when I uh, talked to my therapist, therapist after the pandemic, she was like, oh, I thought all my customers were going to go away or all my clients were going to bail because like, oh, I don't want to Zoom therapy. I don't want to do that. And like, she's never been busier. So um, therapy has a lot of Therapy's benefits. Great. Obviously, stuff uh, concerning mental health is a different case for every single person that wants to do it. But uh, from my experience, nothing but thumbs up. I've been in, I've been in therapy in and out of therapy my whole damn life it's it's necessary everyone should do it there's like a weird stigma with it sometimes i've used better help before uh it's like anything you have to like sometimes go through a couple to find one you like mm -hmm. but like well that's the other yeah, thing man. too there's there's no shame in meeting with a therapist and being like nope you know don't really yeah you know. well some some necessary i would say some therapists I, yeah I've certainly are, are done that a few times better for you than others some are just bad. Some are but just, yeah. You can shop. You can shop through them. It's great. Believe it or not, there are some bad medical professionals out there. Um, that's why BetterHelp is helping. It's customized online therapy that offers video, phone, even live chat sessions with your therapist, so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy. You can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Join the millions of people who are seeing what therapy is really about. It's always a good time to invest in yourself because you are your greatest asset. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, and Easy Allies listeners get 10% off of their first month at BetterHelp.com slash allies. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash allies. Feels good. Go watch Mindful Games, YouTube.com slash Easy Allies. <clears throat> it's time again to talk about Daniel Bledworth's number one mouse. It's a gaming mouse. <laughs> it's an administrative mouse. It's multi-performing. It's super light. It's jet black and badass looking, and he can hold it. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. It is the Logitech G Pro X Super Light Wireless Gaming Mouse, designed with the world's leading pros to engineer the world's best competitive gaming mouse. And you also have a cool mouse, but it is not specifically the mouse that we are talking about. Sure. I, got, I got product this listings is a here, man. Different Logitech mouse. Yeah, we're gonna get notes for that, dude. 
<laughs> We're gonna Logitech get called will be on thrilled it. that I use a Logitech mouse. They're gonna say it's my fault with minimal hype. It's a G502. Mine. With hyper minimal redesign, Pro X Super Light is their fastest and lightest Pro mouse ever, weighing in at under 63 grams. Can that mouse claim it? I don't think so. This is a different mouse. It's not 63 grams. That looks like a heavy ass I mouse. I added weight to my other one. Almost 25% lighter than standard Pro Wireless. Mice. Zero misses. Logitech G exclusive Hero 25K sensor provides unrivaled precision speed and consistency. Pro X Super Light delivers extreme accuracy and ultra fine control for complete confidence, especially during the intense split second moments of tournament play. Go back to EZX. Watch us stream League of Legends. <laughs> you can see this in action. It pays off. It pays off. <laughs> Powered by Lightspeed, Pro X Super Light is their fastest and most reliable Pro mouse yet, and available in black and white. You can go cool like Bloodworth and get the black version, or you can get the white version. For a limited time, Logitech G is offering offering our listeners express shipping at logitechg.com. Use code EasyAllies free ship forty four for express shipping today. That's express shipping for all Logitech G products, including you know Ian's mouse, whatever. With promo code EASYALLIES, <laughs> free ship for four. Hurry now, since the promo code expires in three days. And if you are a patron of Easy Allies, thank you. I don't want to throw anybody right now, okay? We got people that have committed to this podcast. We're about halfway through, all right? We're about 40 to 45 minutes of the way through. I am now going to hand off to Daniel <laughs> Bloodworth, who's going to do a segment. Ian has no idea the context for that. Why did it just happen? But uh, yeah. Oh, I I read Slack. I know what's happening. Okay. It's like okay. it's like the Ever Given. You know, you know where you don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, I I I want to bring every once in a while. I'll, I'll I'll go through my emails and I'll see something and I'm like, hey, I haven't heard of this before. And so I'm like, hey, have you heard about Forgotten Fields? I hadn't. Uh, yeah. And uh, I I found out about it the other day. And I went to Steam, and there's a demo on Steam, so I played through the demo, which is it appears to be the prologue of the game. It it ends with the title screen, basically, and uh, it's essentially a point-and-click adventure game. Uh, I would say that in terms of the demo, I don't know how far back the demo goes, uh, but it the it does feel a little bit rough in terms of controls. I was doing this weird thing where like, okay, I feel comfortable walking around with the controller, but then. Pointing at things feels weird, so I'll go to mouse and keyboard, and then it was like, okay, well, pointing at stuff feels good, but walking around feels awkward. So oh, I just, like, I, I just yeah. had this feeling of like bouncing back and forth. I used a controller, yeah, and would would I think uh, I, I lament that? I wish I had done because there's a lot of uh, um, a lot of just I specifically want to point at that thing and click on yeah. it, you know, unscrewing bolts and stuff. It's like a little tricky with the analog stick. Uh, but what I like is is the vibes, and uh, it's uh, taking inspiration from the warm coastal locales of Goa, India, uh, which is a place I'm not familiar with, but uh, this does feel like a kind of a shoreline, lots of palm trees, lots of uh, kind of rural areas. And uh, you you play as a writer who has a deadline due at the end of the day and just doesn't feel like he's got it in him anymore. And his friend comes over and he's like, hey, you're sitting in a dark room, man. Like, open up the curtains and turn the lights on. And and and, other, and, and his family invites him uh, because they're about to sell like the old childhood house, and so they're gonna have one last dinner with everybody. And so there's this interesting kind of back and forth between 
doing things in this person's life that then inspires yeah. what his story is going to be about. And so you're talking to your your neighbor about uh, fixing the scooter, and you kind of go through these motions of like turning the key and checking the gas and all of this stuff. And in the midst of that, that sparks an idea. And so then you cut to the story he's telling about with, with this girl with supernatural powers. And while he's thinking about his family selling the house, she's watching her house burn down. And so there's a lot of interesting little parallels there. I think that was my most, having played the demo, I think that was the most interesting part of it is seeing, I kind of got excited, you know, because I was talking to Ian before the podcast. It's like, it could be a little rough uh, following things, you know, reading stories about, you know, having writer's block or having artists that that don't feel creatively fulfilled because that is the worst. And this dude has like the best friends ever. He has two friends that show up and they're just like, you're the best, man. You can write whatever. I believe in you. You know, here's a sandwich. Like they're just, they're just like, so nice. He's like, like lives above a guy who's like, we never hang out, but I still want to be friends with you. It's cool. Let me fix your scooter. Like nice. Um, but it, but I, I got kind of excited when he started to get ideas, and you kind of started to see this uh, this the story take shape. Um, Some of my best friends I never hang out with. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't hung out with you guys for a year. <sighs> Some of my best coworkers too. Is it yeah. true? It's true. But um, yeah, and then it has uh, before, yeah, after you fix the scooter and before you get to the house, you know, it has kind of this, what I'd call a very don't nod kind of mm. sequence where you're just driving through like all the back roads and, while there's like some music and guitars playing and you just see all the scenery. And so that's the thing to me, like I, I know Jones, you kind of felt like it was depressing, but to me it was just kind of like this laid back vibe. So I thought with mindful games and everything going on, it might be something you'd be into. It just, it just hit so close to home. It's like watching Silicon Valley and they'll like make a joke yeah. and I'm like, ha ha, that's not funny. <laughs> it's like, yeah. I've been, I've I can't watch there. stuff about startups yeah. or, or failing filmmakers or writers or actors and stuff. It's just too little, little too real, little yeah. too real. Um, but I mean, affecting. I mean, that's like the, the best thing that I can say about it is is it you know it definitely hit close to home because uh, he's not only he's a deadline. He's got a deadline for a grant. So this is you know he's already written a book. This is his second book, um, and this will give him you know just a little bit more time to uh, obviously he's you know he's got bills on his desk that you can examine. So just financially, this means a lot to him. Uh, and you'll be surprised for all of you creative types out there when the, when the real world <laughs> starts to kind of encroach right. and close in on you. Uh, it is not a fun feeling, even if you're just virtually going through all of it. Um, what I think is uh, interesting, too, in there is, you know, like you said, everyone's super supportive, which obviously is not always true to life. But uh, I think that emphasizes the kind of, you know, the self-doubt that they're going through. Right. Like even his his publishers like, look, it's just. It's just one thing. It's not the end of the world. Don't put too much pressure on yourself. You know, but it, at the same time, he's just so stressed because that deadline is tonight, and it's like you've got, I've got to do this dinner tonight. Like he doesn't, he doesn't want to do it, but he knows that like this is, you know, he, he has to be there with everybody. And so it's kind of like learning. Yeah, it feels like he's he's gonna be learning to kind of get outside of himself a bit. And speaking of creative feedback, uh, they had a nice just message at the end when the demo was over. They're like, hey, reach out to us. Let us know what you thought of the demo. If there's anything. As, as Blood was saying, you know, it's a little little rough around the edges. One of my favorite things about the demo was I could still move the character even when the demo stopped. So it like brought up a screen that was like, okay, you're mm. done with the demo. And I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> like, let me try. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> and he, he gave that like classic, that. you know, adventure game. Like, I shouldn't go through this door yet. I got something else to do. And I was like, oh, 
I was kind of, let's go to the beach. Come on. I was like, oh. uh, um, yeah, so the demo is available on Steam right now, uh, and then it's going to come out uh, on the 14th. Nice. Thank you, Blunt. I love a good video game rivalry. I miss him. You know what I mean? Like, obviously, you know, somebody, you talk to Huber, and, you know, he just, he, he wants both the Genesis and the Super Nintendo to win. But, like, I don't know. There's just something about two people doing the exact same thing. And I feel bad, that, like, where we are, like, with the console generation, it's like Xbox is really focusing on, you know, performance in some areas, and they got the backwards compatibility. Sony got your exclusive franchises, your big kind of AAA releases. Um and Remember you when we did a versus of Capcom versus Konami? I do. Yeah, well, versus that was the best show. Versus was like way Konami too much work. Konami could compete. Yeah. Capcom kind of won that. <laughs> yeah. But um, uh, and the, you know Nintendo's got you know this console that just sells the most every month. It's like the you know the PSP and the Vita are going out the door, and the Switch is here to stay. So I love to see two people doing the same exact thing. And uh, just announced is EA is going back to the PGA Tour. Oh, yeah, we're talking about golf. EA ditched the PGA Tour after Rory McIlroy. Shout out to Rory McIlroy. Huge shoes to fill. Um, taking over the PGA Tour from Tiger Woods, who uh, that was the EA golf franchise for a super long time. And mm-hmm. then he took over in 2015. It's kind of like George Clooney becoming Batman. And then they're done. And then they're like, all right, we're not, <laughs> not going to make these for a while. Um and EA's bringing back PGA Tour. They also recently announced, uh, as we reported on this podcast, because we don't miss any of these sports announcements from EA, uh, they're coming back to college football after uh, right. not doing college football for a super long time. Um, 2K, who also likes to make those sports games, just like Electronic Arts, not as many as they used to, uh, recently acquired HB Studios, which was the developer of PGA Tour 2K21. So they're not only going to continue with their PGA Tour run, uh, they acquired the studios and signed a deal with Tiger Woods. So now huh. EA is going the PGA Tour route. This is like the official PGA Tour game through Elect- Electronic Arts. But 2K is going the Tiger Woods route, um, bringing him on board. He is uh, Tiger is taking an executive director credit and serving as a consultant. Hmm. Um, little backstory, HB Studio started with 2K uh, for the Golf Club 2019 uh, PGA Tour 2K21. Oh, the golf club was pre. So they start. They put that game out. Oh. As I remember, Matt Blair was interested in it. Oh, they put that game out. I think independently, and then 2K signed them on. Well, so on. that's interesting. We got an empty. We got an empty square on this podcast. Let me see if I can get Matt Blair on the phone here. <laughs> There's no time. It's like three hours later. For- <laughs> Uh, just so I'm clear, golf's that thing what Mario plays, right? Sometimes. He's going to play it again this okay. summer. I'm so they're excited. both all called right, PGA right. Tour? So there's a PGA Tour 2K21, and then what's the EA one PGA Tour 2K21, and uh, I think EA's is just PGA Tour probably 2021. Or PGA Tour 21, maybe. EA but yeah, Sports true. PGA Tour. There you go. Yeah, the EA That's Sports it. you got to put. They're, they're all under E whenever you check these things. It's, it's like not screen. Madden. You don't want to look up M. You want to look up EA Sports Madden NFL. Marketing. Okay. <laughs> I hope for multiple marketing nightmares throughout this entire process. Uh, PGA Tour 2K21 has almost shipped 2 million units, so that was a success for them. HB worked on uh, first work with EA on Cricket, uh, and then they worked on FIFA, Madden NFL, NBA Live, and one time on the other PGA Tour franchise, but now they're working with 2K. There's one little wrinkle with all of this. I don't know if you reported this, if this was also something you were potentially under a rock. Tiger was just got in a pretty gnarly car accident. Yeah. And oh, no. uh, I actually have some uh, um, personal life experience to share 
which was fascinating okay. because I found out this because my mom sent it to me, who's a big golf fan, but also because he crashed his car in my old neighborhood uh, where my parents are still living now. Good old Palos Verdes. Um, and he crashed in a place where you have to really not be paying attention. You got to be driving your car super fast uh, to crash this car. And the people who were investigating the crash are still like, mm-hmm. So we don't know. It could be Tiger's fault, but you know. But like it's Tiger Woods, he's got I, a lot of the money. The last thing I had read is that they knew, but they're not disclosing. Right. It's just we don't we don't specifically have the details, which is fishy. Tiger's lawyers won't let coming them from disclose. me. That's fishy. So Tiger's taking a break right now. David Ismailer's not worried about it. The president of 2K, he said, "We came to an agreement in partnership in advance of that accident, but it doesn't change our relationship of him becoming our executive director for the title, helping us decide talent, events, courses. He's got a wealth of knowledge. He's one of golf's most precious icons, and we think between acquiring HB and working with Tiger, we've got an incredible opportunity to build golf in the video game space." So I ask you, Ian Hank and Daniel Bloodworth, would you rather have? Tiger Woods recovering at home or the official license of the PGA Tour? If you could choose I between the Tiger Woods, who doesn't golf anymore, might not be golfing were, were for a I long to time. Guess, were I to guess, the, the uh, executive director whatever titles are more honorary than actual. Like, I don't think Tiger is going to set foot in that office. They are in film, for sure. Whenever you yeah, see the separate like, screen for like the actors, it's like, ah, okay, <laughs> that's a contract. I nice. think that they, yeah, I think that they just are paying for the, the, the likeness, the name and the recognition. What I'm really curious is about is both, are both games going to get the Titleist license for the balls? I don't, ah, damn it. I don't take it back. <laughs> take the podcast back. I don't have that information. Do you, do you license balls? For golf games? I spend a lot of time thinking about balls. I don't know. I don't spend enough time reading about balls, apparently. Uh, What do you think, Blood? Where are you putting your money? Who would you rather have? Who do you think is in better shape right now, Electronic Arts or 2K? And, of course, the ultimate question. uh, Who's going to sell more? Hmm. This is a good time for EA to come back. Or is Tiger like, no, man. I think that... Yeah, it's interesting because I, I think that EA will probably, with the name, people will probably still associate that as the same thing, even if it's not the same thing. Mm. Um, but 2K could have the better game. Because I don't know and if... The, it, the 2K brand is pretty, like, established. Yeah. Too. And EA hasn't been at this for six years. Yeah, it's been a so while. Which maybe is what they need to mix it up, come in with fresh new ideas, you know? Oh, it'll be Tiger built Woods on Frostbite, so that will probably not be the better game for sure. Oh, oh yeah, if they're using Frostbite, it's dead. <laughs> Which for, yeah, listeners at home, when you're like, wow, we're talking about golf on the Easy Allies podcast. I, Big news week. I know, I'm, I'm giving a lot of shade to, to Frostbite, but it's, it's probably it fine. It is that, yeah. Developers I've talked to don't, don't like Frostbite. Right. They don't care for that engine. So do you have an official answer, Blood? Who do you think is going to win? This gonna, is a I hard mean, That's the thing, though. I, I like that. That's that's what I like, though, man. There's so we've gone through so many iterations of sports games where EA has just like closed in and, and shut out any competition. Uh, that I I like to see that there's there's two going on. You know, I like to see an EA game and a 2K game, and hopefully they'll be at the same caliber and people will fight over which one's better. 
because Safe you just don't answer. get enough of that right now with, with those games. Depressingly democratic of you, Bloodworth. Ian, who's winning? <laughs> Who wins? Uh, who's getting dropped off the platform <laughs> onto the spikes? I think that, I mean, probably 2K. I don't know. EA's got some bad will. And if it's Frostbite Engine, that'll be tough to program for. But fresh blood, you know, so it could be either one, Jonesy. God damn. <laughs> <laughs> well, the real bummer is, uh, you know, Ben's power is out. He couldn't be on the podcast. And Ben is, as all of you listeners know, huge golf fan. So we really... Good golfer. Um, it's a bummer. You know what's freaky? I wonder if... Because I have I have some uncles who like golfing. I've done some golfing. I used to golf. Mm. So I wonder who's done the most golfing and why it might be me. <laughs> I, have, yeah, I have golfed in... Yeah, the real golf. Definitely video game golfed a lot more. Uh, and yeah. I believe I bought Rory McIlroy World Tour. I think it was just because there hadn't been a Mario Golf in a really long time and I was hungry. Yeah. There were lots of, I like me some Lots Mario of fun little golf. mini games. Golfing at night. Lots of fun little neon fireworks and pretty colors. That's going to be a good stream. I just Mario want my golf. sports games to have pretty colors. Also this week, as I said, we're recording this on April Fool's Day, so who who knows? Literally, we could the, the, the corrections All list 10. could be the biggest ever next week. And we're just like, actually, never mind. What if Sony's like, gotcha? <laughs> that would not be cool. Um, Bell and Wonder World had to patch out a seizure, ri- seizure risk on day one, um, which, yeah, kind of seems like a game. Story? Yeah, it kind of seems like, yeah, not necessarily a story you want to have on day one, but um, it seems like a, a game that would potentially have that. But thankfully, that is not in there anymore. Nexon is investing $1.5 billion in Konami, Sega, and Namco Bandai, among other companies like Hasbro, but specifically those three in the video game space. Um, just got a, bunch, a huge influx of capital, um, and uh, going to be interesting to see specifically what they do it. No way to know. Um, uh, this week in convention cancellations, I got three of them for you, or rescheduling. Uh, mm. PAX East has been canceled. An online-only event will be July 15th through the 18th. Summer Games Done Quick will be online only. That'll be July 4th to the 11th. And the next Tokyo Game Show will also be online only. That'll be September 30th to October 3rd. Um, might as well talk about this now, even though this came out like just before the podcast. But there's conflicting reports going around about E3 and whether E3 is going to have content behind a paywall. Right. Uh, some people, Video Chronicle and some other outlets were reporting that EA... Uh, the ESA immediately jumped on it. We're like, no, there's going to be nothing associated. No, with this. not exactly. This is a, that's a little PR spin. Uh, they didn't. They they left the door open. Yeah, they haven't said it's not going to be a paywall. What they're saying is they're going to have an experience that's free for everybody. So there could be a free experience and then a premium experience. So that's sort of and, and that's that's clear in the the story as well. But it's it it's one of these things where. They've pitched the idea out there, and then they've gotten bad feedback, and so will it happen or will it not happen? Um, this is probably just another round of feedback as far as they're concerned. <laughs> but w- the thing that's funny is, like, with Summer Games Done Quick and all these things that... Or not Summer Games Done Quick, Summer Game Fest, like, all these things that came in to fill the void before, if they're not doing a, a live thing again, E3, it's like, if they're not charging for it, the ESA, like... Why would they do it? Like, they want to make money. What are they going to get out of it if they're not charging something? But if they are charging something, why would people pay it? Unless it's, like, really good when they've got Summer Game Fest and all these other free things doing all the press conferences and stuff. So it's, like, a weird... Maybe they should just sit this year out, too, man. But that's what I'm saying. The 
the the point the biggest point being is to not become irrelevant right like, they want to keep in the yeah they want to keep in the, the best thing that right, they can right. do is to get as many partners on board as they can and actually get yeah. some significant reveals so yeah and, and a that's loss leader yeah and, and that's the thing at the end of the article that concerned me maybe the most is that you know, they had talked to some uh publishers and like yeah we're gonna support E3 and the ESA, you know, just kind of say we were there, but we're going to say our big our big announcements are going to come later. We're, we're going to do our own thing, and we're going to put it in another showcase, but not the E3. It's like, okay. A lot of these companies proved that to themselves last summer. They were like, oh, we kind of did just fine, <laughs> you know, without yeah. uh, an E3. Maybe in a post-pandemic era where we actually do all get together, things will change, but... Um, yeah, still waiting. And we've heard, you know, we're, we're hearing all of this, you know, via, it's kind of like playing the telephone game, all of these pitches that mm-hmm. uh, the ESA is making. But um, I love one of them. They were like, this is not, you know, an, an a in-person replacement. It's like, right. it, that, it is very much that. It's literally by definition is what that is. It's also not the entertainment, electronic entertainment expo. It's the electronic entertainment experience. Oh, heavens. Yep. yep. Still three E's, though. Still three E's. Microsoft is selling up to $22 billion in HoloLens headsets to the U.S. military. Mm-hmm. Billion dollars in or actual headsets? Uh, that's a b- billion dollars worth headsets. of HoloLens headsets. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. That makes way more sense. Um, so. I always always chuckle when, no matter what it is, when they say the words up to. Mm-hmm. Right. It means nothing. At this point, you mean, you've said nothing to me. <laughs> They could sell $500 like, worth of headsets. They just know that they're not going to sell more than that. That was like when I was at Best Buy one time, and there was a there was a shelf that said $3 and up. And then the first thing I noticed was the box set for Deadwood from HBO for $399. <laughs> and I was like, wow, way up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> way up. That's what, yeah, every now and then you get those, like, the, the sticker tape thing breaks, and you can just, like, rush out the store with something for 20 bucks. That's like 200 yeah. some misprint. Got to take advantage when you can. Uh, I also just imagine these soldiers, you know, just like demoing it. Kind of like that scene of Fifth Element where they're trying out all the guns, you know, and they just got the yeah. headsets on like, oh, cool. It's like, and then, you know, once, you're, once your mission's done, you hit this button and it's Minecraft. And you're like, oh, cool. Oh, make our own servers. Uh, Blood Rocket League is partnering with F1 and NASCAR for season three. Interesting. Which is yeah. this month. Interesting. Rust is the coming. F1 cars to- goes way too fast. It's you just like. I mean, there'll probably just be, like, frames that look like the current current cars. Um, or specific uh, racing teams, most likely. But I always love when car brands are down for crashes. You know, it just always seems like something that they get freaked out about, you know, like with Turismo. They're like, no, 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 you can't scratch these cars. There's a lot cars. of crashing in Rocket League. The right. Cars flipping, don't really break apart. Yeah. yeah. Uh, fair. Uh, Rust is coming to PS4 and Xbox One in May. Uh, Earth Defense Force World Brothers, the voxel version of that franchise, is going to launch on May 27th. Uh, Genshin Impact is coming to PS5 this spring with quote-unquote enhanced visuals. Also the fast load times and all of that and the controller updating. Uh, Ratchet & Clank, the 2016 Ratchet & Clank uh, that launched on PS4 is getting a, uh, got a 60 FPS update on PlayStation 5. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, if you were cool. thinking of picking that game up, you already own it. Um, as, it uh, as it is meant to be. Ratchet and Clank without 60 frames per second is strange. Oh, I thought you meant free. <laughs> Ratchet free. Uh, <laughs> Cyberpunk 2077's multiplayer mode game sequel 
Gaiden, whatever, is being quote unquote reconsidered. I bet it is. <laughs> yeah, they don't. Yeah, they're talking about maybe making all of their stuff online or not at all. They're being extremely confusing they in their messaging. Yeah, they basically confused everybody with their announcement. They're not but what announcing. I love, what I love is, it seems like every time there's something confusing about Cyberpunk 2077, we always hear what the investors think. Like before I even hear about this, and so you get the response to investor calls where they're like, "Okay, and that's our announcement. Now we we'll take questions." And it's like people are like, "What the hell did you just say? <laughs> like I don't, even, I don't understand what you're saying. Are you making a game or not? What's going on?" And, you know, I understand that they're probably nervous about officially announcing things, but they are being extremely cagey about that. Uh, if you want fine print for, on Cyberpunk 2077, you can check their latest patch note list for patch 1.2, which has over 500 lines of updates. Um, and, of course, still doesn't work in many fun ways that have been well documented yeah. online. The cars are still, still exploding all over the place. We got new art for Keiichiro Toyama's next horror game from Boca Game Studio. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it looks cool. I think one of the last times you were on the podcast, Ian, we got another piece of art from this, <laughs> which is just like... I'm keeping my eye on I it. know. <laughs> we probably won't actually get a trailer for that for a while, but... Um, yeah, it'll be a while. Speaking of good horror content, Dead by Daylight's new killer is a K-pop star. <laughs> With the With dark, dark secret. secret. Yeah. <laughs> the K-pop star's agent is, is like... killer, but yeah. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Yeah, what if he go. has a different dark secret that other than like everybody knows he's a psycho killer? Yeah, but his dark secret is that he like some crazy cutscene at the end about his taxes. Bathe with bananas. Or well, something. it's yeah. funny too because they talk about the the, uh, the other playable character, the survivor uh, or whatever is I think it's his manager. And they, oh, and, funny! And they talk about her backstory is like, oh, she you know she had a suspicion, but she looked the other way, and now she has to pay the price. Oh, <laughs> oh no. my gosh. <laughs> Uh, 505 bought the Ghost Runner IP for 5 million euro. So that did well oh, enough wow. for them to be interested doing in some that. Updates and extra modes for that too, yeah. Uh, yeah, curious if that's to plan a Ghost Runner 2 or uh, to get that into production right away or if they just euro. see other fun things about I, euro. That's like $80 billion. <laughs> it's true. That's exactly what that is. It feels like they were just kind of... We're over an hour. I expected way more corrections from you by this point, Ian, but that was a solid one. That was really good. You can lock that <laughs> Sorry, one Sorry, I forgot about that. That's true. You can correct me on my lack of corrections because I forgot. Um, yeah, it feels in a way that like 505 is just sort of um, taking the baton to, to support the devs in the, the roadmap for that game a little bit better. But yeah, we'll see how that goes. And finally, Bloober Team uh, was in talks to be acquired but has withdrawn. They were like, you know what? We're going to make some of our own Manet. Nice. Uh, and they think they will do fine. Growing in popularity on their own. Best of luck to Bloober Team. Go out and make those horror games. It is time for Love and Respect. Love and Respect. From Level Capybara. We live in a strange age where having your favorite game doesn't necessarily mean you can play it too. Super Mario Bros. 35 is probably the best recent example of what I'm lamenting here, but it's not the only one. I used to play the heck out of the Wii version of GoldenEye 007. Man, can you imagine playing an FPS online on a Nintendo Wii and enjoying every minute of it? Years later, I came back to it, knowing the online servers had probably been shut down. What I didn't know is I could no longer have access to even the single-player content either. I must have deleted uh, my save data at some point, and when I tried to boot up the game to get a new profile going, it got stuck on an endless load screen as the game tried fruitlessly to connect to the internet to register that profile. Has something like this ever happened to you? More broadly, what games do you love and still have on hand but can no longer play? So we've talked a lot about this this past week, but specifically just any other examples. It doesn't have to board. do with... <laughs> 
that you love. That you love. You didn't yeah. love Legend. Battleborn, you maniac. <laughs> Could, didn't well, even I remember kind that. of the the old. The first thing that comes to my mind is the old. The old opposite version of this was uh, back in the day when like a sequel would come out, and your computer was either too good or too bad to play it. So, like, my dad and I never actually got to play the 11th hour, the sequel to the 7th guest, because we updated our computers. Oh, no. mm. And they got too good to play it or something like that. Some weird thing. Some incompatibility. So I never got to play that. It's out on stuff now, but... Have you gone back? The moment had passed. I, I think I tried to start it one time and then didn't keep going, but... Yeah. Other examples I'm trying to think. I mean, it's easy to think of... Yeah, the like live service games like that, like Mag or something, we bring up every now and then. Uh, Your MMOs. Go back to that game and see how it fares nowadays. But, it's funny. Uh, it's like I'm tempted to bring up Final Fantasy XI, but like that's still going. <laughs> you know, yeah, like I, can, totally. I could play Final Fantasy XI tonight if I really, really wanted to. But the that that stinker of the single player being inaccessible—that's just that ain't right. But I've been hearing, yeah. you know, about you know a lot of games like that, you know, where people will will wave and say hey this thing is you know not letting me play because my internet connection dropped or whatever and it doesn't make any sense oh yeah sense. that happened recently with like crash 4 i saw yeah like people couldn't play it because <laughs> it's a single player game with no online functionality but they couldn't play it because the internet went down or whatever it is not cool it is not cool i tend to gravitate not towards good. these games i don't know if you remember but uh disney used to have their own internal development studio uh, called Disney Interactive, and they made a bunch of fun huh. games. Uh, specifically, they made a game with figures called Disney Infinity that was really great, and they had a, a product line huh. and made a fair amount of money on it. Not enough. So You can't, can't play it anymore? You can still play, you just can't download stuff. You can't like uh, upload stuff. Right. You can't interact yeah, with the I, community anymore. I think the original Mario Maker is also now at a point where you can't upload any more Ooh. levels. You, the, you can download true. levels, but you can't upload anymore. They retired it. Scott Pilgrim came back though. Did mm-hmm. so. There's 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 hope for stuff. Hopefully, delisting is a little different though because yeah, that was like a legal. It's like if you movie. had the game, you could play it. Whereas in this case, they've got GoldenEye on Wii and they cannot play the game. Right, right, right. That right. is it's yeah. It's like if you ridiculous. couldn't play PT even if you had it. Yeah. yeah. On the other hand, it's always always fascinating to me. I don't work on projects like this that much anymore, but uh, you used to do a lot of retros. And, you know, at game trailers, I was always just like breaking out random PC games and just like, oh, for like Outbreak, we just played recently and I had to use bots for that. But like, I I remember we did the Wolfenstein retrospective and I was like, oh, return to Castle Wolfenstein. Like, uh, hopefully there's a couple servers running this and just like hundreds of people playing that game, (laughs) you know, like at the time. I was like, oh, all right. Uh, I remember crazy. for an easy update, Ben and I tried to play Unreal Tournament, and it was really weird to try to get working, and we eventually gave up on it. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. From Andreas Klinthaus, is there if there was a Westworld of video games, where would you like to visit? Raccoon City before or during the fall? Shadow Moses? Mushroom Kingdom? Mine personally would be Sandover Village from Jack and Daxter. I love the vibes there, and would look like a cool villager just fishing out, fishing or hanging out on the beach. Oh, dude. Where do you want to go to simulate the world? Visiting the Mushroom Kingdom would be insane. <laughs> Very interesting wild. to walk tiring. around that place. Be tiring. Just get up on this mushroom. Oh, God. But do you need to do all that? Is that just what, what Mario has to go through for whatever's going on? 
Mario's running the whole game. <laughs> never stops running. He never stops <laughs> running. Um, I'm thinking like Morrowind or like Breath of the Wild. Mm. Like places that are like open and you can do crazy stuff. Breath of the Wild doesn't have a lot of people though, so you'd kind of lose out on that. I mean, Cyberpunk. It'd be cool if you could actually be there and do stuff. Uh, what do you think Night City smells like? Bad. Probably bad. It does not smell good. Real bad. Yeah. Like Hollywood. <laughs> the worst thing I've ever smelled in my entire life. <laughs> I've been placed in the uh, in Hollywood. Uh, Animal Crossing Town. It'd be fun if you could just you know, oh, animal, yeah. go to your Animal Crossing delightful. Town. Um, I would love to take Huber and try to survive the fall of Raccoon City. That would be fantastic. That would be fantastic. Little yeah. robot <laughs> zombies wandering around. Like... Um, that would be a Silent Hill would be a crazy like haunted house experience like going through the fog like trying yeah. to get through it oh my god that'd be terrifying be a bummer though because generally you know if you uh, go to the the Halloween themed theme park stuff which I dearly miss and can't wait to get back to one of these days uh, you just he- constantly hear the, the fog machines just going the mm. whole time kinda, well this would be a Westworld situation right mm. so it's a whole big park mm. and I imagine for a Silent Hill themed one they would do a psychological profile on you first and then specifically torture you (laughs) uh, for the things you've done wrong. Like, you'd be there to be punished. (laughs) Whoa. So you wouldn't want to do that with friends because they would be like, what is that That giant thing? They'd be in on it. You're like, uh... They would get, like... They would get, like... It'd be like the game. Basically, doing the Silent Hill one is like David Mm. Fincher's The Game. Okay. Your friends would all be in on it. (laughs) Ben Moore! Dropping Out of nowhere. Shadow dropping onto the podcast. Yeah, I was caught in a frame <laughs> trap. Ben, I got a love and respect question custom tailored for you for Anthony from Anthony Stevens. But before we get into that, I want to know what Ben Moore image should I put in the circle in the square during your absence for eighty <laughs> percent of this podcast? Chie, probably. Okay. Good to know. All right. From Anthony Stevens. As a competitive fighting game player and someone who has been studying kickboxing and kendo in their time, I am fascinated with the world of martial arts in real life and media, particularly in video games, animation, and sometimes films. Since you have another fighting game fan with an interest in the competitive side of the genre on your panel this week, I propose a game to you all called Martial Art or Martial Rat. I have assembled a list of martial arts styles, a pretty hefty list. Buckle up, everybody. Um... The panels uh, that have been represented by characters in various fighting games. The panel's job is to discuss whether the style mentioned is real, that would be an art, or fictional, and that would be a rat. Bonus kudos points if you can tell us the name of the game series and characters that have pre- rep, uh, represented that style. The style mm. descriptions can be used as a clue to help guess the game's characters, but also a brief overview of each style mentioned. If I say the name and you know, you know, jump in. I will read the styles anyway because they are all fascinating. Thank you for accepting my game, and if you do and still enjoy your content after three years supporting you as a group, thank you, Anthony. Love and respect from to, the UK. I have to imagine a lot of these come from Tekken slash Virtua Fighter, but we'll <laughs> see. All right. There are some martial arts rats too. I just have to say. This is true. They're splinter. Maybe somebody's inspired by this, and we'll get some martial art rats and some some game in next week's podcast. You won't be around for that one though, Ben. Sorry. Kicking it off in alphabetical order with Baji Kwan. Baji Kwan. So that's the fighting style. That is the fighting style. At any point, let me know if you believe firmly that that is an art or a rat. I should say, despite my keen interest in fighting games i really don't know jack shit about martial arts like 
I've never picked a character because of their martial arts style. That starts I know today. There's that, that Capoeira guy. This will be a uh, Bajiquan. Bajiquan. Uh, real. And this. Art. And keep in mind, I'll read you the description. This is the description that is either in real life or said oh. in the game. So all of these have okay. descriptions. Baji Kwan is a Chinese martial art that features explosive short-range power and is famous for its elbow and shoulder strikes. Its full name is Kai Men Baji Kwan, which means um, open mm. gate, eight extremities fist. That sounds more like Tony Ja. What does he do? Muay Thai. It's all bows. I'm going to say real. I'm also going to say Tekken for representation. I'm looking for art or rat. Art. I didn't make the rules yeah. of this one. Okay. Art, art, art. I'll say rat. I'll say rat. Tis real. Uh, Akira oh. from Virtua Fighter practices mm. this. Mm. Kokoro from Dead or Alive and Leo from Tekken. Oh, yeah. So, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Dead or Alive would be the other one that would make sense. Yeah. That's, but good call on Tekken there. Out. Yeah. Bushinryu. Translated to <sighs> martial god style ninja techniques slash spells. The style relies on swift movements that overwhelm the opponent, employing speedy and unpredictable mix-ups to manipulate a target into making a mistake and using the environment to gain position. Bushinryu. I'm going to say rat. Art. I'll say art. That is a rat. Ben is doing Ah. well. Ben is against his his other two opponents. Over two here. Yeah. Uh, Guy (laughs) and and Zeku from Street Fighter. Zeku? Mm-hmm. Zeku. Mm-hmm. The guy and Zeku both employ Bushinryu. Oh, yeah. so that, it's in the games, but it's, it's the, not yeah. real. Right. Yes. There is descriptions Gosh. for it. Somebody has said it before, but yeah, is yeah, it yeah. actually in real life? So it's a real thing in a game yeah. or not yes. in the games or real at all. Okay. Wow. Hakyoku Saiken, an ancient kung fu style, which expects its students to be not only of powerful and skilled physical prowess, but of strong mind, positive discipline, and also good-natured, not controlled by any negative emotions. Its ancient scrolls teach energy channeling, combat arts, and recuperation. I hope this is real. Hakyoku Saiken. I'll say art. I will say rat. Ben's three for three. Oh my gosh. Damn it! Uh, Terry Bogard, which is a name I do, I do recall. Okay. He's in Smash now. Geese Howard and Tung Fu of Kingdom Fighters and Fatal Fury fame. Practice Hakyoku Saiken. Wait, he said rat. He did say rat. Yeah, that's rat. correct. These, these not, characters employ it's not a real it, world. it is not real. In the, in... Oh, yeah. but they're all from games. Yeah. All yes. From, yes. Oh, 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 Sorry. oh. Okay. I think we're failing our, our listening comprehension skills. Uh, well, I thought it was real or fake. Ben, whatever from you're doing, it's working. So yeah, whatever, however yeah, you yeah, comprehend yeah. this game, keep doing it that way. Yeah. Uh, Hapkido, a highly eclectic Korean martial art. It art. is a form of self-defense that employs yeah. joint yeah. locks, grappling, and throwing techniques, yeah, similar to those is, of other martial arts, as well as kicks, this punches, is art, in real life and other striking art. attacks. Tiz, who practices Hapkido? Very, 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 very famous. Martial artists in video game fighting games. Luke no. Kang. He's on the he's he's on the poster of a of a movie, maybe potentially playing at a theater near you sometime in twenty twenty one. Scorpion from Mortal Kombat. Oh, oh. practices okay. Hapkido. Well, I mean, okay, but Scorpion is also well known for throwing a, a chain blade at you and breathing fire. A right, but he's got yeah. some magic. Right. He mixes it. Yeah, it's the base. It's just the yeah. base. Uh, Iaido, a Japanese martial art that emphasizes being aware and capable of quickly drawing the sword and responding to sudden attacks. Iaido. Mm. That seems art. 
Rat. I'm going to say art. It is an art. Ben, are you undefeated at this so far? I'm undefeated. Uh, uh, I'm going to say Soul Calibur. Um, perhaps my references here are Ukyo from Samurai Showdown and Johnny um, from Guilty Gear. Ah. Johnny <laughs> from Guilty yeah, Gear. Yeah, I do. <laughs> um, Flinging <laughs> coins at people. Kaioken, translated to Realm King Fist. It is a form That's that a, multiplies the user's key for this a This is heartbeat. Dragon Ball. Yeah, this, this is, is Dragon Ball. I've this definitely is, heard of this. This is increasing their power this and is speed. Rat. Yeah, this is And rat. enabling them to inflict serious damage this to opponents Dragon who are Ball. considerably stronger than them. Sounds pretty cool, right? Yeah. Rat. <laughs> that's Goku. Yeah, that's their rat. Yeah, that's, that's Goku. <laughs> Dragon Ball. Uh, uh, Kobudo. Translated to old martial arts is a collective term for Japanese traditional techniques with the use of armor, blades, firearms, and techniques related to combat and horse riding. Kobudo. Art. Kobudo. I'm going to say art, yes. That's an art. It's real. Orchid from Killer Instinct practices oh. Kobudo. Um, Kyokugen. Kyokugen. Kyokugen Karate is described as a deadly martial art that can only be taught with a mind that focuses on self-defense. It therefore limits the amount of users for the more advanced techniques, as a character named Takuma needs to hand-select his disciples. This is a rat. That sounds, that like, sounds a rat. like a rat. It gets very specific. It, uh, yeah, you, 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 I think you shut yourself in the foot by saying it's described as. It's like, ah, oh, that's not real. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah well, yeah, I, yeah. I, th there's been a trend between these ones that aren't real where it's like, it's just very vague, and it's like, it focuses on discipline and the mind. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Word on yeah, the street yeah, yeah. is. Well, to me, the the idea that there's just one person, like, okay, well, yeah, just gone just when this guy Once they dead, die, like, yeah. yeah. Uh, Ryo Sakazaki, Robert Garcia, and Yuri Sakazaki from King of Fighters all practice Kiyokugen. Uh, Pank Ration? P-A-N-K-R-A-T-I-O-N. Pank Ration. Pank Radian? I don't know. Pank Ration was a sporting event introduced into the Greek Olympic Games in 648 BC and was an empty hand submission sport with scarcely any rules. The athletes used boxing and wrestling techniques, but also others, such as kicking and holds, locks and chokes on the ground. Keep in mind, a video game character art. employs this, so this could have been... It might not have been added to the Greek Olympic Games in 648 BC. Don't fall for it. Unless you're kind I'm, go I'm going to say art. Art. Did you say yours, Ian? I'm sorry. I was waiting for you. Art. Oh, okay. It is. Jeffrey from Virtua Fighter. Loves it. Uh, <laughs> Jeffrey. Punk rationer. Who knows? Uh, Shorinji Kempo, a Japanese martial art considered to be a modified version of Shaolin Kung Fu. Translated to Shaolin Temple Boxing, it is a holistic system whose training methods are divided into three parts. Self-defense training, mental training, and health training. Shorinji Kempo. Shorinji oh. Kempo. I'm also going to say art for this. I'll say art, yeah. Rat. It's real. It is an art. Mm. Lars Alexanderson from Tekken likes the Shirinji Kempo. Uh, <clears throat> There's so many. Yeah. Shotokan. Although Shotokan karate is a real style of karate developed from various martial arts and is regarded as a dynamic martial art as it develops anaerobic, powerful techniques as well as developing speed, the game and character showcase bears little resemblance to its real... Oh, wait, you just... Yeah. This is to a its rat. real life discipline. Yeah, the fighting is style is a assassination art that was found in Japan during the feudal age. It basically says that it's not real in its own description. It, that description it's a rat yeah. and it's Street Fighter. Uh, that is Ryu and Ken. That's what they do. The Shotokan. Yeah. yeah. Shotos. Uh, how about just... 
Shokan. Shokan is a fighting style named after a race of large creatures that dwarf humans in size and boast yeah, incredible strength. <laughs> right. As a composite species, they combine the traits of dragons and humans alike, resembling oversized muscular humans with dragon-esque eyes. Any any takers of who? I'm gonna go art just because it's too ridiculous. That would yeah, be I'm wonderful if it art. was. Tis not. Tis a rat. But who? Who? What rat? A Goro. No. Yes, oh, blood. Goro. Yes. Did you just based on giant people with oversized? Yeah, basically. Oh, okay, yeah. cool. All right. Uh, Sirius, like the uh, FM the FM service and the Star, uh, fully known as Sirius style purification sorcery. The user okay. conjures the holy power of Sirius within them to overwhelm their enemies in battle. Hear me out. The style includes punches, kicks, elbow, and knee strikes, and shoulder tackles done in a showy and flamboyant manner. Unlike the rest of these, right? Which are done very conservatively. Um, Art. <laughs> that's rat. A, yeah, that's a rat. That's not real. Uh, but Claudio from Tekken 7 does it. Indeed. Oh, wait. Sorry. I zoned out. I, wasn't, I did not even listen to that entire description. Uh, you would, you would have got it. You would have got it. Okay. Come on, you're killing it. You're killing it. One more. Sistema. Sistema is a martial art that was created during the 400-year-old Mongol occupation of Russia. It was created to provide a martial art that could be taught, learned quickly, and easily to provide maximum protection and self-defense by utilizing close-quarters combat. Good CQC. Art. art. Uh, this is Tekken. Um, mm. I will say... I'll say... Mm, I'll say art. It's real. Um, I have Marie and Ro or just Marie Rose from Dead or Alive and Colin from Street Fighter V, but it could also oh, be. Oh, I thought for sure. I thought for could sure be. it was Tekken. Could be. Could be wrong. Again, uh, Anthony Stevens is a uh, is studying it. Is interested in it. Could have possibly missed one here or there, but lovely to have been. Uh, and and it's just just before we skip away, we we had a love and respect earlier, Ben. If you could go to a Westworld based on any video game property, where would you go? Like, like, you know, Westworld is Westerns. If it's oh, like it's just robots, you don't have to worry about dying or anything. It's all fake. I don't have to worry about dying or anything. It's Boy, like that Westworld, changes you know. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 you're right. Well, I mean... Westworld you know. wasn't functioning properly. Right. <laughs> right, right. Launch year. Mm. Westworld. There's a lot of places that I would really like to go to. But I think... The world of Monster Hunter would be pretty great. Oh, Having yeah. felines cook me food, mm. uh, being able to like simulate, you know, like taking the vibe of Westworld into account, uh, and and simulating like being able to actually go out there and hunt monsters, I think would be pretty dope. It's time for bets. Next week's bet: Oddworld Soulstorm launches on April sixth for the PC, PS4, and PS5. Oddworld Soulstorm, if you haven't heard about that, has been in every single media event for the last two years because <laughs> they are really trying to get the word out and get as many demos as possible. I don't think it was an iceberg ahead. To get, ah, okay. To get as much. I was going to say, was that a joke as or was much that gameplay. true? I, don't I, think it's, don't I think it's misdirects, but I think other than that. So I'm curious how many people are going to check this out when it comes out, specifically the critics. When we record next week's podcast, how many outlets will have submitted an official review according to Open Critic? Ian. 54. 50, 54. Your notepad had eyeballs for a second there. That was terrifying. Yep. Ben. 54. Uh, I originally wrote down 26, but then I changed it to 34, which is my favorite. Oh, number. oh okay. Wow. We still got the low, so that's okay. good. Daniel Bloodworth. Well, hopefully. 
Kind of in the middle there, 42. Oh, shoot. Yeah, you don't got the low well, anymore, baby. Low. 22, bagoon. Damn, you guys don't believe in Odd World. I, I, I do just, believe in it. I I'm don't just, believe in the coverage of it. Right, I'm just going for I'm that. I'm the high? Yeah. I think, we got the high. I think it also might be crazy hard, and maybe people who only get it at launch like might not have it finished by the time we record the podcast. Two days after that comes out, we will be recording, so we will see. Last week's bet... Kingdom Hearts HD 1.5, 2.5, 2.83, and Melody of Memory are now all available on PC. At midnight on March 30th, the day that they came out, they're going into that day, um, mid 12 o'clock a.m. March 30th, I wanted to know where Kingdom Hearts would be on Google Trends. Brad okay. Ellis bet 95. The, 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 the scale is 1 to 100. 100's the top, 1 is the low. 100 means it is the most popular at either more popular it's ever been or as popular as it has ever been so wait sorry like of all things being searched or just for this thing being searched just for this one term yeah okay okay, okay. um brad ellis bet 95 ben bet 90 bloodworth bet 84 i bet 85 just ahead of bloodworth i checked before we recorded this podcast and here's the trick it swoops so at night it dips considerably which is a bummer because you would hope people around the world would back us up on that kingdom Hearts searching but uh, surprisingly low at midnight, 42. Um, oh. Uh, it was at 100 during the day. It, it, it peaked at 100 during the day. But at midnight, it was at 42, giving the lowest score the win, which was Daniel Bloodworth at 84. Ooh. Nice. Damn. Ooh. And we all believed. None of us knew that I would have voted much slower and had actually paid attention to that. Um, which brings our scores to Jovial Penguins, 8. Burr-burr. Gentlemen, start your screaming. I will. Vociferous Beavers, six. Nom, 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 nom. <gasps> My Vociferous Beaver screams now. <laughs> okay. okay. As of this podcast. Um, I just want to say, Blood, you got the win. You got more wins than me, obviously. But I was close. 84 to 85. You know, we both had the, yeah, that was close. We had the mindset. We were in sync on that one. We'll see where we are at next week. I mean, you were both way off. This is true. All of us were way <laughs> off. Right. But we're coming back, only two behind. Let me tell you about patreon.com slash easy allies. There's a lot of fun exclusive things that you can get on patreon.com slash easy allies. There's a lot of stuff that we do uh, early in advance that you can get a week early. Uh, but we really wanted to focus on people that show up to Patreon in our last EZX event. Uh, and there's, uh, speaking of a lot of fun things that you can get, you can check out on patreon.com slash easy allies for that event. But specifically, if you were like, yeah, I've checked out the easy allies and I've seen stuff that we, they've done before, we got some spoiler modes coming up that we are doing because we got a tremendous support during EZX. If you would like to see us discuss Super Mario Brothers the movie and Street Fighter the movie, those have been scheduled, those are happening this month, those are going to be pretty dynamite discussions. They will be 100% exclusive to patreon.com slash allies, along with all the other spoiler modes that we have done in the past. I had to but, order a DVD yeah, of Super we had Mario to get, Bros. We gotta get, <laughs> speaking of Ring Fit, we got to get physical. I got to figure out how to watch that DVD now, but... But Brandon, for me... It was Tuesday. It's true. It's true. That's a reference. At our very tip-top tier, we got a whole new batch. We got some, we got some oldies and some goodies. We got a bunch of new people jumping in because of Easy X kicking off April with a updated list of shout-outs at the very tip-top shout-out tier. Ian, you are going first. I'm going after you. Blood, you are going after me. And Ben, you are wrapping it up. Shout-out to Alex AI, Caleb Togi Crawford, Edsgar, so I'm a spider, so what? L. Thanis, Greg the Dark Knight, Kettering, Nick, Sage Mode Q, and Stephen Thomason. Shout, Shout out. out. Shout out. Shout out. Shout out.
Bloodworth, thank you very much for winning this podcast. You get to promote any Easy Allies <laughs> video you'd like to promote. You get the final word on anything you disagreed with, want to reiterate, or just popped into your head. And you get to sign off with your trademark sign-off. All right. And thank you, Ben, uh, for joining. It's good to, good to have you at the end of the podcast. Yeah. Happy you're yeah. back. Uh, so for video, uh, I'll promote uh, the, the near uh, preview that uh, Ben and, and Brad just did. Um, pretty cool to see that game coming back in uh, tip-top shape, I guess I could say. Uh, you know, one of the, the issues with the original game was just like how dated and performance and everything that it had going on. And so... To be able to come back in a way that's uh, a better light, um, it'll be really interesting to see what Ben's final thoughts are later, but you can see the first few hours, uh, his impressions of the first few hours in that preview. Uh, I'm gonna do something a little con unconventional uh, because of everything that's happened. For final word, I wanna know what or if Ben thinks about uh, Soul Cresta. Oh, nice. uh, I don't know what Soul Cresta is. Oh. Even Ben didn't know. See? Oh, we got it. Yeah, I'm sorry. We got it. We got to dig in. Four, dude. No, we got got questions. We got to dig Everyone in. Everyone forgot. This is number four of the Platinum Four. Do you remember the Platinum Four, Ben? Can you recite no. the Platinum Four? <laughs> Probably not. No, it's been so long. I'm just waiting for Bayonetta Three, dude. I know. Yeah. That's, that's, that's what we said. <laughs> I, in your absence, Ben, I uttered the words Bayonetta Three. I just yeah. To know. Just, <laughs> um, was it Bayonetta Three? Wasn't that announced like 1997? Like, let's go. It was not. In the, yeah. Pro Project GG. Yeah. Wonderful. 101 remastered their new Tokyo uh, studio and now uh, they're making a shmup Soul Cresta. called oh, okay. Soul Cresta S-O-L Cresta uh, that is the sequel to Terra Cresta which was the Kami sequel to Moon Cresta definitely has, has a deep fondness for the shmups so that's not that's there not we surprising. go yeah. <laughs> and we'll see you before the next Blood Moon Rises First asterisk and asterisk. Also, sorry, I said that Nier Automata was dumb. I was just kidding. Don't, don't get mad at me.